0: on this mountain where all this took place, Mount Ebal. They actually found an inscription that contains the name of God. And this is thus far the oldest archaeological inscription of his name that has ever been discovered. And it is on this mountain upon which this all takes place. We're about to dig into a very heavy part of the scriptures where God outlines his blessings and curses for us. What will happen if we obey and what will happen if we disobey? These words that we're about to read here have been words that many have been ashamed of repeating. It has rarely even been taught and repeated in churches. The audience of Deuteronomy chapter 27 and onwards is Israel. But more specifically, that second generation, they are standing at the doorstep of the promised land. And as you stand at the doorstep of yours, I want to remind you of these very same things so that in anticipation of the promised land before you, you can ensure that your cloak is clean on this mountain where all this took place, Mount Ebal. They actually found an inscription that contains the name of God. And this is thus far the oldest archaeological inscription of his name that has ever been discovered. And it is on this mountain upon which this all takes place. And the inscription actually reads the following. Cursed, 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 cursed by the God Yahweh. You will die, cursed, cursed. You will surely die, cursed by Yahweh, cursed, cursed, cursed. This is also the oldest example of the proto alphabetic Hebrew discovered to date in Israel. Now, the reason that this inscription sounds so, uh, you know, uh, deep and and dark it's because of what is actually been spoken over this mountain okay this mountain was laid up the curses were laid upon mount ebal and upon upon the other mountain mount gerizim were were the blessings placed god divided the tribes he put uh, half of them on mount gerizim and the other half on mount ebal And this is representation of how even in Israel, there will be many people who get curses upon their lives because they fall away from God. And there will be people who who are overtaken by the blessings of God because they keep their eyes upon him. And so this is all to say, who will you be? On which mountain will you end up? Father, I pray, Lord, that as we read these these holy words, that you would inspire us to see you as you are and that you would put a godly fear in us for your name. When you have crossed over the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Isaac, Joseph and Benjamin. And these shall stand on Mount Ebal for the curse. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zab, Zebulun, Dan, and Nephtali. And he says this The Levites shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice. Now he's about to speak the sins that will cause curses to come about. And how he highlights the following Cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord, a thing made by the hands of a craftsman, and set it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. So first, he's talking about a carved image for the sake of worship, making something to be worshipped, creating anything with human hands to be worshipped. He says, then curse be anyone who dishonors his father's mother and all the people shall say, Amen. I guess we can all understand what that is, right? That is dishonoring parents. It doesn't necessarily refer to Uh, not doing everything they say when your parents ask you to do something that's ungodly or against the scriptures that that you don't need to obey that we obey god first we could even go as far as to understand yeshua's word when he says deny father mother brother sister for my name's sake if necessary no one should stand in our way of serving yeshua that's what his point is and so now he says don't dishonor your parents, in other words, I can still honor my parents, even if there's disagreement, loving them and respecting them. He then says, curse it be anyone who moves his neighbor's landmark. That is to change the boundary of your property. That is to be dishonest secretly to your neighbor in any other way, not just with with physical property but with other property as well, being dishonest regarding the um, the agreements that we make with people, breaking those agreements and breaking the laws of our land. Next, curse be anyone who misleads a blind man on the road. In other words, taking advantage of someone who is suffering, someone who is disabled, someone who uh, who is a widow, an orphan, or a blind man, as he says right here, a blind man can also refer to someone who is spiritually blind or someone who is spiritually weak. If you if you take advantage of someone's weakness, spiritual weakness or physical, God's judgment will come upon you swiftly. He then goes on. He says, Cursed be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. So the father is our father in heaven says that there is justice that he has for those who are weak in this world. He has a special place in his heart for those who are weak. And so if you pervert the justice, you do not. If someone has done wrong against who is weak and you do not bring the, uh, the perpetrator to account, then you will receive the iniquity of that perpetrator because you perverted justice due to the sojourner fatherless and the widow. That's why when someone is abused, uh, when someone is attacked in our community, we should not defend the indefensible. We should not defend the guilty. No matter what stature, no matter how favored they may be in a community, we must stand for what is truth. God has no favoritism, and neither should we have favoritism. He goes on then and he says this Cursed be anyone who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's nakedness. So we see now these next ones. We just talked about sins against other people. Now we're going, well, we're talking about sins against your own body. And he says this about uh, lying with a father's wife. Then he says, "Cursed with anyone who lies with any kind of an animal, bestiality." Cursed be anyone who lies with his sister, incest. Cursed be anyone who lies with his mother-in-law. Anyone who strikes down his neighbor in secret. Okay, now we have we we dealt with some secret sins. Now he's coming back to. Things specifically regarding murder, striking down in the neighbor in secret. In other words, not just physically striking down a neighbor, but actually when you in secret strike them down. In other words, even behind the scenes. In other words, today gossip when you behind the scenes gossip, striking down a neighbor. That is the same as this. Remember, Yeshua connected the heart to all of these matters. Don't just take these physically, the heart matter is included. So, when you do someone wrong in secret with a wicked heart, because it's only a wicked heart that desires to do that kind of evil in secret, that is what he is talking about. Then he says in verse 25 Cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood. In other words, you. Let the let money or what you can get out of a situation or favoritism you can get or anything that you can get be something that drives you to shed innocent blood, especially that will that that person will be cursed. God is saying. Then verse 26, we read this course, to be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, and the people will say, Amen. The words of this law includes, of course, what we have just read, but it includes also that which we read in the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, the Ten Commandments. So that's the words of this law that's so important. Now, he goes on and he speaks regarding the blessings that will come upon us when we are obedient to the words of the law. Let's just really marinate in this. Let's just enjoy the blessings that God is about to declare to us and praise him for the fact that his son, Yeshua, Jesus made it possible for us to walk in the blessing of God because he made it possible for us to walk in the Holy Spirit in obedience to the law. And so we read this if you faithfully, if you faithfully obey the voice of Yahweh your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I command you today, he will set you high above all the nations of the earth. You will say to us above the nations and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. And when you go out, Yahweh will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that he is giving you. He will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you if you keep his commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways and all the people of the earth will see. Just think about that. He's saying, I'm going to bless you in these amazing ways. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to make provision for you. I'm going to make you right on the heights of the nations. I'm going to prosper you in your comings and goings. And he says then this and all the people will see people around you in your workplace will see people in the grocery store, When you open up and speak to them, they'll see people in at school and wherever you go, they will see the Lord's hand over you. And that is part of the power of the gospel to change us so much that we can be obedient and inherit the blessings and rewards for our, our obedience to see God's blessing that allows others to see. And so he says, The people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your livestock and the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give you rain on your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. Wow. Come on, that's amazing. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them, I think I just want to rejoice in that. Father, I just thank you for the ability, Lord, that you have given us to live in the blessings from your hand. Father, that in this creation that you have allowed us to live, Father, that you allow the rain to rain on our lives, in our work and everything we do with our hands, on our children, uh, in our house. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Father, I pray that you would help us, empower us to keep your commandments and be careful to keep them all. Uh, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. Help us, O Father, to keep your Sabbath holy. Help us, O Father, to to abstain from gossips and murderous hearts. Father, help us to abstain from stealing. Help us from coveting. Help us, O Father, from sexual immorality. Save us, O Lord, from the temptations of the devil. Help us to honor our parents. Father, I pray, O Lord, that you would come and set people free, even at the sound of my voice right now, Father, anyone who is struggling right now with addiction and temptation. I pray, Lord, that you would come with your spirit and deliver them in the name of Yeshua right now. We command every unclean spirit that has tried to attach itself to the lives of anyone listening now. We command it to leave, and I command uh, Satan to get behind all who are listening to this now. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would put your hand of protection over every soul and family listening to this right now, that they would be able to enter this place of prosper. Father, those who are repenting right now, and if you're listening to this, please repent in your heart. Father, for all of us repenting right now, Lord, Father, we surrender all of the things, O oh Father, that has kept us from the blessings that you have in store for us. Father, we ask that you would come by the power of the blood of Yeshua. Jesus come, and I pray you would cleanse the lepers right now. Every leper who's watching who is a spiritual leper, that you would heal them. And Father, everyone who is an addict of any sort, that you would heal them right now. Father, I thank you, anyone who has gone after other gods or witchcraft, that you would deliver them from those sorceries right now in the name of Yeshua. I pray that. Amen. Right, guys, we're going to continue on. I'm going to be praying in between as we go and as the father leads me, we're going to now move on to the next section, which is going to be the curses for disobedience on the one hand, he is full of love and grace, and he chases us down with prosperity, with the peace, the shalom that he gives us in the salvation and deliverance he brings us. And on the other hand, he is rightfully in his position as the judge, as the one to whom all judgment Lays with the one who will have the final say about every soul, life, deed, speech, action and thought and considering that isn't that there to help us love him even more. See, many people think, oh, he's he's angry and he's he's full of judgment. But the reality is, is that if he was not the judge, if he was not going to judge the wickedness in this world, who will? And do you prefer to have a God who has no care for justice? Do you prefer to have a God who lets the murderer or the rapist go free with nothing? but perhaps a slap on the wrist. He is not that God. He is the one true God. He is not like the pagan idols who do not care for our sins, but he will bring each to an account. And it is because of this that we can actually love him more. And the reason he numbers the curses is because he needs us to understand that there are consequences for sin. A loving father tells his children, I don't want you to do this or that, because if you do this and that will happen to you, a father who does not care for his children will say, just don't do this, just don't do that. But he won't actually explain the risk of what the child would run when he is disobedient from the love of God comes the warning that he is about to give us what it really is, is a warning that you will be Relinqu- relinquishing, authority that and giving your life to Satan when you participate in sin, because sin is to make covenant with the devil and righteousness is to make covenant with God. And so when you eat of the fruit of the garden all over again, making covenant with the devil, God is saying you will have the curses of death come into your life. Believe in me and you will escape the curses. So this is some of what can happen when Satan receives authority to work in our lives because of our disobedience. We read of this in Deuteronomy 2815. If you will not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, or be careful to do all of his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all of these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed will you be in your in the city, cursed will you be in the field, cursed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed will be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground, the increase of your hurts, and the young of your flock. Cursed will you be when you come in, cursed will you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds, because you have forsaken me. I want to submit to you that as we go along here, what may happen to you is that the words that you're reading now may put a godly conviction in you where the Holy Spirit comes and puts the fear of God in your heart. And I want to submit to you that the fear of God is the world will say that that that's a bad thing. But the fear of God is one of the most beautiful and precious things we can have. The world hates the fear of God. That's why they do not have the fear of God, because the fear of God convicts them to would convict them to righteousness. But because they prefer to do wickedness, they ignore the fear of God and they fear nothing but to not take pleasure in evil. And so now when we look at these words, we recognize that fear of God draws us to him and it draws us to understand him for who he is the righteous one the holy one of Israel the one whom I'm not I don't even have a right to speak uh, like for, considering just who he is like I'm a worm compared to who he is but yet by his son because he loves me and because he saw me and said you're my beloved son I love you and I want to have a relationship with you even in because of your sin even be, in, in that all of that no matter what I will despite that come and restore covenant with you But that doesn't mean that I ignore the reality of who he is and who I am fearing him for who he is. All right, let's read on. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you're entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with fever, inflammation, fiery heat, with drought and with blight and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. Now, this is interesting because we're talking about disease now, inflammation, and and things of that nature. And I think it's important for me to make a point here at this point. Many people may read these things and, and wonder, well, does this mean that all disease is because of a curse of God? Right now, the disciples of Jesus thought the same. Right. Remember when they met the blind man and they asked him, You know, Yeshua, is this blind man's blindness on him because of his sin or his parents? So, see, they had this idea that sin is always the cause of disease. Jesus corrected them. He said to them, I tell you, it is not because of the sin of the blind man, nor the sins of the parents, but for the glory of God. How incredible that, you know, they thought it was because the blind man is to blame. But Yeshua said, Actually, God is working glory in this situation, that there is something that we don't always understand, right? There's there's things that that God has in store. His ways are above ours, and we don't always understand why things happen. But nonetheless, even just because we don't understand, shouldn't make us point a finger at him because he is God and we're not. And then what did Yeshua do? Jesus went and he heals the man right there and then. And the glory of God is manifested as many hear and believe and are saved by the testimony of this healing. So. So my point is just that just because diseases is one of the consequences of disobedience, it's not always an indicator of disobedience. However, disease can absolutely be because of disobedience, because we are under the curse of disobedience that we have not repented from. But Yeshua invites us in to repent so he can set us free from our demons and so that we can be healed. Let's read on and the heavens over your head shall be bronze and the earth under shall be iron. In other words, it's not going to rain and you won't be able to plant anything. He then says, The Lord will make the rain of your land powder. From heaven dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them, he says. And you shall be a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dead bodies shall be food for all the birds of the air and for the beasts of the earth and there shall be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with tumours, scabs and itch of which you cannot be healed. Notice how he is reminding them of the things of Egypt. He is saying, remember what I did to the Egyptians, those in the world who enslaved you, if you now knowing how I set you free, the wonders I've done to set you free, the fact that I have miracles in your sight, the fact that I've shown you mercy and grace and have given you provision, I have given you talents and abilities to work and labor. I have given you um, water and food every day. I have given you rain. I have blessed you with children. I have blessed you with 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 everything you have, all the blessings you have, whether you know me or whether you don't know me. By the way, God blesses people even who don't know him. But he is saying even that will come to an end if you do not repent, if you do not turn to me with all of your heart, mind, soul and strength so that I may spare your life because and you say, well, how can that be? God sounds really mean. The problem is, is God needs to do with evil and you are evil. You have done evil and it is only because of that it's not because god desires it is because of what you've done that he will have to judge you and so this is the gospel this is why jesus had to come he said but i give you a way out i give you an escape plan believe in me believe that i can set you free turn away from your sins surrender your life and I will set you free and I will heal you. And I will prevent all of these curses from coming upon you. All right. Let's read on. He then says the Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind. And you shall. And, and, and by the way, think about this for a second. Paul who before he became a believer, as he met Yeshua, Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was struck with blindness. He was struck with a confusion of mind because even though he was a thought of himself as a righteous, religious man, just because you're a righteous, religious man doesn't mean that you're exempt from these things. The religious should tremble because the Pharisees who came against Yeshua would inherit these curses because ultimately you can do all the religious good things and be pretty on the outside but if on the inside you are wretched pitiful poor blind and naked it doesn't matter God is not as interested well he's interested on what's on the outside but he is even more concerned about what's on the inside because he knows that what's inside will come out And be made manifest on the outward parts of you. And so, if you're a religious man, don't consider these things cannot come upon you just because, well, I believe in God and I go to church every Sunday. Make sure that you actually believe in Him in action and in heart as well. He goes on and he says, You shall grope at noonday. As the blind grope in darkness, you shall not prosper in your ways and you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually, and there shall be no one to help you. You shall betray the wife, but another man shall ravish her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but you shall not be but shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters will be given to another people while your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all day long. But you will be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and of all your labors. And you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually so that you're driven mad by the sights that your eyes see. The Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with grievous boils, which cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone. And you shall become a horror, a proverb and a byword among all the people, so the Lord will lead you away and you shall carry much seed into the field and shall gather in little for the locusts will consume it. it then says you will plant vineyards and dress them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes for the war. shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with oil for your olives shall drop off. That is a reference to the Holy Spirit who will not will be removing himself from you. The oil of the spirit will not be with you because of the sin that you indulge in. You shall father, sons and daughters, but you shall not be. But they shall not be yours for they shall go into captivity. The crickets shall possess all your trees and the fruit of your ground. The sojourner who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. And these curses shall come upon you, and pursue you, and overtake you, until you are destroyed, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and statutes that he commanded you. So, notice this how the curses will come upon you and pursue you until you are destroyed. That means that you are not destroyed immediately from the beginning, that it is it is exponential, that it grows and grows and grows until there is an end day. And so I want to submit that even in this, there is grace that God, even in this, because he you're breathing right now, he is sparing your life. He is giving you a moment, a chance to be convicted by the Holy Spirit as you sit there to to repent and turn away from the sins of your past or present that you have indulged in or the hard issues that you have never dealt with, that is still wrecking havoc in your life today. And so I pray that the father reveals any such thing to you as we go through this. These curses will come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you're destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and the statutes that he commanded you. They will be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy, fullness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all. Things notice how God is saying that he has given you abundance of all things. Why did you not take joy? Why were you not glad? Why did you complain? In other words, why did you take it for granted? Why did you why did you set your eyes on other things when what the Lord has placed before you was not enough for you? And then we're coming to the end here soon he says then therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and lacking everything and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you the lord will bring a nation against you from far away from the end of the earth swooping down like the eagle a nation whose language you do not understand a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young, it shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It shall not leave you grain, wine, oil, or increase, the increase of your herds or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. They shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all your land, and they shall besiege you in all the towns throughout all your land which the Lord your God has given you and you shall eat the fruit of your womb, the flesh of your sons and daughters whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and the distress which your enemies shall distress you. The man who is the most tender and refined among you will begrudge food to his brother, to the wife he embraces and to the last of the children whom he has left so that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating because he has nothing else left in the siege and in the distress, which your enemies shall distress you in all your towns. The most tender and refined women among you, who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground, because she is so delicate and tender, will be grudged to the husband she embraces, to her son and to her daughter, her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears, because lacking everything, she will eat them secretly in the siege and in the distress with which your enemies shall distress you in your towns. If you're not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. This glorious and awesome name was found upon an inscription upon the very mountain of cursings where this was spoken over, that name of God is the oldest inscription of his name that we have. Do you think it is a coincidence that he has set his name there and it has remained there for thousands of years to be digged up by us today, just a year ago, as a reminder of the reality that he does not change, just like his name does not change. And with that, we can shake our fist and say, How could it be? How could it be? The reality is, is that our disobedience and our evil is much greater than what we think. We consider a gossip here, a slander there, evil spoken of a brother here or sister there or a murderous thought here or an an evil hating thought there or unforgiveness here or unforgiveness there as a small thing, but God speaks these cursings and says, this is how serious your sin is. You make it a small thing by the standards of the world. You judge them, but judge them by my standards and you will recognize how serious your sin really is. And perhaps then you will be drawn to your repentance. The Lord speaks and says, perhaps then you will have your eyes opened to see my glory and the beauty of what my son has really done to have all of your sins and the weight of all of this on his shoulders you see when Yeshua had all of the weight of the sin of the world placed upon his shoulders really what that means is all of the consequences of those sins were also placed on his shoulders all of the things we have just read oh my Oh, my father, all of the things we have just read, all of the terrible when you say, this is so terrible. We can't even read this out loud. That is what was placed on his shoulders. That is what he experienced on the cross when he died for you. So that you would not need to go through any of what we just read. That is why he died. That is the purpose of the cross so that you could be escaping the evil that would come your way because you brought it upon yourself but you can escape it by believing in him turning from your sin and letting him change you empower you by his spirit His hand is not too short, no matter how deep or dark your sin is. No matter how long you've been doing it, how many times you've you've said sorry or how many times you've gone back to it, it doesn't matter. He is saying I extend my hand to you this day. Now, will you take a hold of my hand and will you let me grab you as you sink into the water so that you like Peter can have the faith to stand up and walk on the water because it is by faith in him, not faith in yourselves, your own behavior, modification, your own abilities, what you can do. It is by faith in his power and what he can do in you. He is alive right now. He desires to live in you and he desires to work in you. And what He have faith in what he can do in you now to set you free permanently? from the wickedness that you have found your hand wander to. But there are even a few more that I have to read to finish this chapter. And we read the next here in verse 58. If you're not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting and sickness of grievous and lasting. And he will bring upon you again all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they will cling to you. Every sickness also and every affliction that's not recorded in the book of this law, the law, Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of the heaven because he blessed you. Now you will be left few in number because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And as the Lord took the light in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take the light and bring ruin upon you and destroying you. And you shall be plucked from the land that you're entering to take possession of it. And the Lord will scatter you among the people from one end of the earth to the other. And there you will serve other gods of wooden stone, which neither you or your fathers have known. And among these nations, you shall find no respite and there will be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But the Lord will give you there a trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night and day you will be in dread and have no assurance of your life in the morning you'll say if only it were evening and at evening you'll say if only it were morning because of the dread that your heart will feel and the sight that your eyes will see and the lord will bring you back in ships to egypt a journey that i promise that you should never make again. and there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves but there will be no buyer some of these things that we have read have actually, after all of this was spoken, come upon Israel throughout history when they have turned their hearts away from God. And they remain in effect today to come upon anyone who turns his eyes, his ears away from the words of God. But I desire for you to be free. And so if you have the Holy Spirit just moving upon your heart right now. And you would like to just give your life to him all over again, sacrificing and saying, Lord, I give up my life. I need you to dwell me. I need you to save me. I need you to set me free. If that's you, then please pray with me as we end this off. Father, I pray, Lord, for everyone listening right now. Oh, Father, we repent of our sins. Father, we repent of our iniquities, our transgressions. And I ask Father, that you as we renounce the sin. and, And if you're listening to this, renounce whatever sin is on your mouth and on your tongue right now, renounce it before God to turn away from it. Father, as we renounce pornography, Father, as we renounce all sexual immorality, as we renounce all murderous thoughts of the heart and, and intense and inclinations. Father, as we renounce all covetousness, a dishonoring of parents, as we renounce, O oh Father, all of the evil deeds we have done in taking that which is not ours, in hoping to exalt ourselves, in hoping to gather for ourselves many idols in this world, things may not that may not be wood and stone, but things that is out of the love of money. Father, I ask, O oh Father, that you would help us turn away, O oh Lord, from I just hear as I'm speaking right now, I'm praying, rape. Father, we repent, Lord, of rape. We repent, O Father, of molestation. We repent, O Father, of the the things, Father, that we have done in our past. And Father, those things that have been done against us where we have had unforgiveness come in because of it, O Father, we we, we forgive those people, O Father. We surrender them up to you. And O God, I ask that you would forgive us for holding a grudge of unforgiveness and hatred in our heart. For you have spoken that the one who does not forgive will not be forgiven. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to become one with you and we would have your mind, the mind of Christ, that we would think, live, act, breathe your spirit everywhere we go. And Father, I pray, I pronounce, I pronounce, O Father, the blessings of Israel upon all who is listening to this now, that they may heed the warning, of the curses and run to the prosperity of your blessings oh god oh god let it rain upon all who is listening oh god let it let their souls be satisfied like that woman at the well when they she had a drink of yeshua oh come jesus give us a drink of you give us a drink of the sustenance that we so need quench our thirst and help us to be fully satisfied in you and not in the things of this world. Help us to become a light to the nations and not a plight, not an example of iniquity. Pray all this in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. I want to say a special thank you to all of our partners that have made this teaching and every other teaching this month possible.